Hey there, you crazies. Orlando here with the On Cue Podcast, and I recently had the opportunity to sit down with one of the funniest women I have ever met, Miss Ida Rodriguez. She can be found on The Young Turks. She was the first Latina to ever release a special on both HBO and Showtime in the same month, and she can now be found on Netflix in Tiffany Haddish's They Ready. She took time to sit down and chat with us to give us a little insight on how she does what she does, a little bit about who she is, and why she writes the comedy that she does. She is very sweet, a very genuine person, and I really enjoyed the time that I was able to sit down and chat with her. You can follow her um, at Funny Ida on Instagram, or you can just check out her website at funnyida.com. I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoyed sitting down and chatting with this strong woman. What's up, everybody? Here I am, Orlando, uh, with the On Cue podcast with Miss Ida Rodriguez. For the rest of us uh, white folks, that's Ida Rodriguez and Coigenti. Coigenti. Coigenti, right from uh, H Town. and we've got a special guest, Miss Alexis, right? Yes. Uh, she's going to add in into what we're doing. So we're here in Fort Worth, Texas at Hyenas Comedy Club. And I've been so blessed uh, with the funny folks, Ida and uh, Ku. And I just, I, uh, just want to ask real quick for both of you. Um, I know I, I sent you an email in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I saw you when I was here a few weeks ago. I saw you on the marquee. And, and I recognized your name, beautiful face, and I was like, man, I, I couldn't put two and two together. And then oddly enough, the next day, I listened to Joey Diaz on a regular, and uh, you were on Joey's uh, podcast. It was about six weeks ago, the church. Yeah. It was a week before the special came out. That's right. He, yeah. He called, he called me to remind me that the special was coming out in a week. Wow. And he was like, you need to get your ass over here so we can promote it on the show. And that's so cool. And so, and so I, I listened to the show. And uh, first off, he's amazing. He's yeah. great because he's like a lot of us, right? Like we've been through some shit, yeah. right? And um, and I just remember hearing you say something. You were like, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I'm about the people. And, you know, I'm still trying to recognize people that came from nothing. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to send her an email. Right. And I did. I sent you an email and you just replied. You said, I'll do it. So my question is, uh, I get it, like, you do it, but but why? I mean, now you're on Netflix, you had an HBO, you're the first Latina, Latina that had an HBO and Showtime special in the same month. Why would someone like you make time for someone like me at the end of the day, let's just call it like it is, uh, for a show like myself, when you have no idea who I am, why, why did you make the time tonight? You are talking me out of it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like, man, why am I doing it? Yeah, for real. Um, you know what? I, I don't, um, I just look at people as people. Um, I was raised to just look at everybody as the same. That's why Joy and I meet in that special place because a lot of things that happen for us in life happen by way of people that other people look down on. Mm. And so for me, it's if I have if I have time to do a podcast with somebody and I'm in their city, mm. why wouldn't I? Like, it's just I don't know. I would expect for you to pay it forward when you reach to the level where you want to be, that you would also 
not look down on somebody and not give somebody an opportunity. Right. Yeah, that's cool. And, and from my man here, you're from Houston, right? Yes, sir. Houston, yeah. Texas. Yeah, and you've been touring for a little while, regional circuit. You've been you've been promoting around. You've been doing shows around. Yes, sir. You told me last night you've been all the way out to California, right? Yeah, I was been in L.A. two shows. weeks ago, yeah. yeah. I never been to L.A. It was I did the Burbank Comedy Festival, so I never oh. did that. It was kind of crazy because I ended up making the best of Fest, and I was like, that was major for me. I was like, oh crap, oh, nice. they actually like my comedy, they like my Texas jokes. All right. So it was, it was awesome. I was like, yo, I was there for only a week, and I felt like I accomplished a lot. I ended up getting the, the book of information for Ice House. Some day booking me back in January, so I'm gonna do one a one nighter there in January. So how so. long how long you've been uh, if you want to say doing comedy? I mean, at the end of the day, you probably been practicing doing a lot. it for. 13 years, but I don't think I was... 13 years is probably a blur. I'd probably say full-time, maybe six. Yeah. That I actually feel like I'm on the road that I know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Maybe like six years ago. And Ida, for, for you, for, for you, you've been in the game how long? 11 years. 11 years. Now, from what I recall, you, you had a you had a job with like a day job with like, I can't remember the name of a, of a oh, I brokerage never, firm. Or something yeah, I've like never said the name of it, but I worked yeah. uh -oh. at a brokerage <laughs> firm. Um... I quit when I did last comic standing because okay. I had to. They wouldn't let me do the show. So I had to either pick one or the other and wow. I took a leap of faith. And I was like, I'm going to go do my comedy. So you put all your eggs, you're like, I'm, I'm going after it. Yeah. So what was that like? Because you got two kids, right? It was scary, but I, it was also, my grandmother used to tell me, people that believe in plan A don't have a plan B. Plan mm. B is for people who don't believe in their plan mm. A. Right. And, um, I just had a good feeling about last comic standing. I had been uh, featuring for Russell Peters. I had been featuring for Corey Holcomb and Faison Love. And all of them said to me that I, they thought I was ready to go out and headline and be my own headliner. So um, I was headlining before last comic standing, but last comic standing made me an official headliner and made my money go up where I, didn't, I never had to go back to work. So, so. I've been following you for a while now. Anybody that is listening to this, they can follow you. They can listen to all these shows. You're going to get the same questions. So what I'm hoping to do... Just ask like, the questions that nobody asks. Yeah, I'm hoping. You know, I'm trying hoping maybe... Trying to do maybe, some Barbara Walter stuff. What are you trying to do? Well, I, I don't know about that far, inside right? Inside story. <laughs> so, <laughs> he won't try to get you to cry. That's what he's trying right. to do. <laughs> my goal is, my goal is I'm hoping that somebody like Alexis is going to sit back and listen to this and listen to you mm -hmm. or listen to you and say... Um, you know, this is why I've been thinking about comedy for a long time. And, you know, last night I watched a show, I watched a show tonight, and last night in particular, you probably both remember, there were those those two ladies in the front row, and they the thought the girls? show was about yeah. them. Yeah, the yeah, two yeah. Uh, supposed bisexual white girls. Caucasians. Yeah. So how does that work? How do you how do you learn to do Is that just something that is inept in you because you are funny? Or is that something you learned over your 11 years, over your 13 years? How do you deal with people like that that come to your show, sit in the front row, and think the show's about them? Um, so, I guess you're being a funny person or being a stand-up comedian, let me be clear, because you could be a funny person and not be a stand-up comedian. Right. Mm. Being a comedian, you, uh, you evolve, right? So when you start as a comic... You a lot of people resort to the defense mechanism of cracking on the heckler mm -hmm. and berating the heckler and embarrassing the heckler for them to shut up because you're scared because they're interrupting your show. 
Um, then you start to evolve and you start to understand what it is. A lot of people who are hecklers think they're actually helping their show and they'll say, you see what I did? And they, they're proud of it because somebody told them they were funny in their group or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I just think that as a comedian, you learn, you evolve. You evolve as, as a comic with your set, your writing, your performance, and heckling is part of the, you know, the performance piece. And you mm -hmm. just learn how to deal with that. I used to just destroy hecklers when I first started doing stand-up because I used to idolize D.L. Hughley for the way he dealt with hecklers. He was very good at shutting <coughs> hecklers down. But then I realized that um, what I was doing was ostracizing a member of the audience. And there are people who are outright unruly and deserve to be kicked out, but there are some people who just don't know any better. Right. And um, it better serves you if you don't... Um, I think if you find a smart way to deal with it, and the audience doesn't, um, the audience won't turn on you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we can, we can, I can cut this out if we got to, yeah, whatever you got to do for your show. I mean, I don't know how old it is, but. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know, so when you showed up in town, did, did you know each other prior, or how does this work? For, for the local uh, comedian trying to get into the game, how does this work? Did you know each other? Or? I knew of her, but we, which comedy circle so small, we know mutual people. So okay. it's like, so y'all got a booker that booked this, or yeah, or the, how the, does that work? The booker booked me to open up for her. Then come to find out, when I got the gig, I realized that I've always been a fan of hers since like last six years. Yeah. So when I found out I'm opening up for her, I was like, holy crap! Then I realized two of my home homies or yeah. her friends and I'm like oh that's that's awesome and they're both comedians I'm like that's how comedians we have a tight unit and yeah. if you suck she can all just text that person or inbox with hey who's this cool agent you got how he is and they can vouch for me and she can be like hey I don't want to work right. with that guy but it was just so awesome that we had that mutual friendship with other people and it made our conversation a whole lot better because now she knows me a little bit more better right right because of the company that he keeps okay real cool, real cool I was just curious and you know that's Look, Alexis, if you were sitting back and you didn't know Jack all about comedy, but you're funny, right? And people listen to you. Do you mind me including you or not? Sure. All right. But but is that not something you would be interested in knowing? Because look, at the end of the day, we could we could Google Ayla, we could Google Koo, we could find the common questions, but that's something that a lot of people don't understand how right. it works. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, I got a big question for Ayla. I noticed that, like, first off, nobody's safe with your comedy, and I love it, right? Nobody's safe. And I think that something that's very respectable is how you, you do your show. I've seen a few of them now. And, um, and you know, then all of a sudden you'll just ask, like, who have I not mentioned, right? Like, you're like, who have I not fucked with at this <laughs> point, right? Like, whether it's the Mexicans, the whites, the blacks, the Muslims, or whatever. But then I also noticed that, like... Uh, so at that point, you don't give a shit. Like you, you, and I love that. In my opinion, comedy is uh, one of the last safe places where we can say for sure, right? With the last dying art. And and but as a powerful woman, and, and I want to hear, I want to hear your opinion on this because there's a joke that you that you um, refer to, but you use the word vagina versus pussy. And I'm just curious to know, is there any particular reason? Or is it just because... I'm just curious to know why you, as a strong Latina woman, as a strong woman, whether you're Latina or not, mm -hmm. why you choose to, to use the word vagina instead of pussy when so many comedians use the word pussy like it's nothing. 
Well, I mean, I use the word pussy in my set because um, I'm doing a direct quote. But when I'm, I don't want to water down the joke by trying to get the easy laugh on the word. Mm. Because what I'm talking about, the vagina is the technical aspect of what the vagina is because that's not the punchline. Mm. So it just happens to be part of what I'm talking about. So I think a lot of people will resort. It's easy to say pussy and get a laugh because it makes people uncomfortable. It's a, it's one of those words that it can become the punchline of your joke. And I don't want it to be the punchline of my joke because I actually sat down and wrote a joke. And so um, I do cuss a lot. So I have to be mindful of how I use the profanity because if you take all of the curse words out of my set, my jokes are still alive. And that's very important to me. Hey man, and I feel that. I appreciate that. I appreciate you uh, just explaining that for, especially for a man like me raising two young uh, females. So I was interested to know now, um, now, cool for you. Like uh, some of your jokes, you know, you're you're a little more. I don't know how to say. I do it, have a pussy joke myself. I actually have a pussy, so yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 exactly. But um, but like, how do you deal with like? Last night, y'all both dealt with the same thing, right? We, we had right. the, the black lesbians over here. Right. You had the, the bisexual white chicks over here or whatever. But how do you as a man on stage, uh, when you start walking that line of talking about uh, vagina versus pussy, how do you but deal I with don't that? do that? Uh, me personally, I don't do that kind of humor because for me, I don't have one. So it's, it's, I'm just coming from a third party mm-hmm. experience. So it's, it's not going to come off authentic. And back in the days, we she knows exactly what I'm talking about. A lot of... Black comics had the, the, the deaf comedy jam of the you fucking the pussy and blah 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 you humping the stool and all that stuff and that's just considered hacky for a dude to do that because everybody's heard all the pussy jokes everybody heard all the sex jokes so if you if a guy talk about it it's like okay we've heard it right. move on so I try not to do that on stage now I if I do a crowd work like prime example uh, tonight they had some lesbians sitting in the front row. And they had this lady that was from, she's from uh, Cameroon, and she said her name was uh, Augie or something. something. Yeah. And I just did the accent. I go, her name was Augie. She just managed her eating your shit and it had a big laugh because I'm just saying she's doing it, not me. Mm-hmm. Because if I stop eating your pussy, that's being disrespectful. So we, I used the lesbian lady or the African lady as my vision of eating her shit so it wouldn't be offensive. And right. everybody laughed because I'm using the other lady to talk about eating your shit. And it was funny. I had a good joke. But me doing that, say, I'm going to eat your buzzing. That's just, just disgusting and rude. So I would right. never do shit like that. But you have to be creative when you do stand-up. So. Now, now uh, in those lines, talking about uh, the difference between you saying it versus using someone else, uh, what I've noticed in following comedians, and I think it's an amazing craft because um, it's actually very tough. You know, There's people that are funny when you talk. They can tell stories. But actually getting up and... There's a lot more to it that people don't realize until you really get into it. And what what I'm curious to know is, I saw you both last night, and I saw you both tonight. And tonight, you both were clearly better than last night. Now, that doesn't mean that you were bad last night. You were both funny. But I did notice, I took, I took notes on how you rearranged some of your jokes. And what I'm asking is, what's the difference between a Thursday night and a Friday night? Is it you're working on new jokes or or maybe it's just one little uh, inflection or punch word. I'm just asking, what's the difference in a Thursday compared to a Friday night or a Saturday night showtime? So comedy is subjective. So okay. you thinking that yesterday was better 
it's just your opinion. Somebody that might have come to both shows might have thought yesterday was the better show, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all subjective. Um, a, a lot of times, um, the audience is different. Um, Thursday night is a different type of audience. It's a weekday. People got to go to work tomorrow. Right. Um, they want to get out of there early. Um, and they are, the energy is different. So Thursday and Friday shows differ that way. Um, I didn't rearrange my set. My set went the same way that it went yesterday. I did uh, I did uh, put some other jokes in there because mm. I'm fresh off of uh, three specials, so I can't do the jokes that I have on the specials mm. because then... They're going to get mad. They already right. saw those. They're going to be like, you yeah. don't want that. Yeah. Um, I give them their greatest hits because they want... Like the translator joke, people will say, I want that joke. I right. want to hear the joke. The stuff about my mom, but like there, there's a big ass chunk of my set that I don't do because they they just heard it yesterday or they saw the special the other day. Um, so I mean, I think that comedians are people; they're not jukeboxes. Yeah. So they go on stage and it's an interactive sport. So the energy that they give and they get is is based on what's going on in the energy of the room, and sometimes. Their audiences are quieter and they're listening, and sometimes they just laugh and they're really not listening. They're just, and I personally like the more thoughtful audience. I don't enjoy people who just laugh at everything because to me it feels like they're not listening to what I wrote and my what I feel is like a good joke or whatever. They wow. just there to laugh. They're just like, ah! and they just they're listening for buzzwords and they just want to. They're laughing at you as opposed to laughing at what you. Oh, wow, that's deep. I didn't even think about saying. like that. And I learned that from Corey Holcomb, who's one of my comedy mentors, and Russell Peters. That um, I would go out on stage when I opened for him, and I remember being explosive, just having a 20-minute set, which is what your feature is supposed to do. And it just was like, bah, 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 bah. Mm. And then when I, um, when I got to the point where people were listening to me, I would get weird, and I was like, oh, I didn't have that good of a set. And I remember him saying to me, oh, he's such a rookie. He wow. was like, you're actually, you actually think this is about the laughs. He was like, this, this is not about the laughs. This is about the experience. Mm -hmm. And he was like, when you get to the point where they shut the fuck up to hear what you got to say, because they want to hear everything that's coming out of your mouth, then you've arrived. And um, it used to scare me when I was newer in comedy. I was... I was really like, oh, shit, they're quiet. They're, what is going on right now? And then they would erupt into a laugh, but then I would the quiet would make me nervous, and then I would mm. I would turn on the audience. Because they say that in comedy, don't be afraid of the, the silence, because like, we, we so used to want to kill all the damn time. So sometimes when she, she said, when people are getting quiet, they actually want to know what you're saying. They're trying to soak in that, the conversation. And Dave Chappelle said that it's not even about being funny, it's about being interesting. If you're interested, everything else will work itself out, so... Yeah, you know it's interesting with with Chappelle's last special. Obviously, oh my god, amazing! Yeah, but but you know, I mean, this is his comedy, but it's actually interesting in line with what you say because it's not like your stereotypical comedy where there's you know a tag, a punchline, and you know he's actually just talking about social issues. Oh, you went, but he makes him funny. His his outfit when he had the overalls, I was like, oh yeah, he's going for war. He's not he's not fucking around. <laughs> I mean, I'm not ruining any jokes at this point, but he opens up going, he's, he's he going suicide after, joke first. he's he going right after yeah, Bourdain, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. He didn't even go, I don't think it, to me personally, I don't think he was attacking, she's probably the same way, I don't think he was attacking Bourdain. Bourdain, right. He was just an example to prove a point. Right, right, exactly, yeah. yeah. He, 
He made a decision. Like I, I think that special was more about making a statement than yes. it was about anything else. Mm. And it was just fighting for the rights of comedians to be able to say what they want. And he is in the place where he used his privilege to actually do that because right now they're pushing back on comedians in a way where people are being policed in what yes. they say. Um, I like the special. I thought it was my favorite special that Dave Chappelle has done out of the last uh, generation of specials oh. of his is Equanimity because I mm -hmm. thought that it was flawless in terms of the writing, um, you know, the callbacks, the performance. Right. It actually felt like a real special where the other ones feel more like, I mean, the one... That's the one with OJ, right? Yeah, the kicker and the pussy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The one in D.C. The the other ones feel like... Uh, oh, that's, yeah, that's, one yeah, DC, like a, yeah, D.C., yeah, yeah. A TED Talk, one felt like right. a workout at the, in the belly room. And he's that, he's such, a, he has such status as a comedian where he can do all of that stuff. And people rock with it and they laugh at it because he's naturally just really funny. Mm -hmm. um, I, For me, I thought that um, Wanda Sykes had like one of the better specials mm -hmm. of this year uh, in terms of the hours. I thought the writing was seamless, the performance. Um, but I just think Dave was making a statement. I think Dave was like, I'm Dave Chappelle and I have to, I got to push them back up off of us mm -hmm. because they can't. So if I don't do it, then who will? Which I re I respect because a lot of other comedians won't do that. Take that chance, no. No, and he went there. Um, but the whole victim thing, like, I, don't, I just don't want to be... You rich. Nobody persecuted right, you. It don't right. matter what they say about you. Nobody's going to keep you from performing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I got, I've got i been banned from clubs. And mm. Dave Chappelle can do four hours at the cellar. He can just show up and do what he wants. Yeah, yeah. he has that opportunity. So I think who better than he yeah. to yeah. push the... The most powerful person is the person you can't control. Right. Because he, he has no uh, special interest people investing. He has no TV shows, no movies. Right. Right. He just does lives off of comedy. He's not on social media. So what are you going to say to him? He doesn't. He's, he lives in uh, Denton, Ohio, like the middle of nowhere. So there's nothing you can say to hurt him. So I think, like he just said, he just created a, a whole new... Just not create a whole new, but just let people know that, you know what, we're comedians first. Right. And we're supposed to say whatever we want and not have no consequences about it. So with that being said, and I appreciate you both taking time. I'm not going to keep you too much longer. I'm going to ask you if, if I can take five more minutes of your time. But I think that's a very good um, segue into the fact that uh, how do you deal with that? With cancel culture, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Kuwajinti, he's hitting the stage now. So just with Aya... Uh, how do you deal with the fact, uh, with the cancel culture, and just with everything, just with everything uh, going on? I mean, look, we just talked about Chappelle. Chappelle, Chappelle, he can do what he wants. At the end of the day, he's still going to be aight. Mm -hmm. He can say whatever the fuck he wants, and he's going to make it, mm -hmm. right? But how do you, because uh, I've seen quite a bit of your comedy, and I admire it, and I like it, and I respect it, but how, the fact that you... You don't pull any punches, and nobody's safe. At the same time, there has to be, uh, I shouldn't say there has to be, I'm assuming there's a line that you have to walk um, with dealing, unfortunately, with this modern cancel culture. How do you deal with that? With someone trying to, look, you're not trying to make a name anymore. People who follow comedy, people who know what the fuck is going on, they know who Adam uh, Rodriguez is. At the end of the day, you still 
I'm assuming, do you have to walk a line or you don't give a fuck or what? I mean, what's up? Well, I mean, I don't have to walk a line because I don't intentionally, intentionally set out to hurt people. Right. I make jokes um, as a point of observation to bring forth awareness about human behavior. That's mm. my stand-up. Mm. Um, I make fun about everybody because I want to make the greater point that we all are imperfect and we all have something to say. But I don't set out to say shit just to offend people mm -hmm. or berate a group of people. I talk about everybody so that we can see that nobody's perfect and that we all have these observations. So I don't have to, I don't fear cancel culture and I don't walk a line because my intention is in the right place. There are a lot of comedians who do say racist stuff. They say sexist stuff. They say um, when they talk about Mexicans, they mean it in a mean mm. way. When they talk about women, they mean it in a mean way. And I still think they should be able to say what they want to say because I think you can say what you want to say. You just got to deal with the consequences. If you white and you want to drop the N-word and somebody punches you in your mouth and knocks two <laughs> teeth out of your mouth, then wow. so be it. So you got yeah. that. Like I feel like you should be able to say it, but you also should be able to deal with the consequences of Your saying uh, the things that you probably should not say. But um, yeah, I think that I don't fear cancer, cancel culture because um, I'm a, I think there's a balance to there's a balance to what I do that works itself out because I'm also. Um, a panelist and a commentator on the Young Turks. Right. I'm very vocal and I'm very uh, active in in community in my community. I stand up for a lot of people and I and, it, and it's from a real place. I don't, I don't do it just so that people can see that I do community service. So I think that people know that at my core that I'm a, I'm I'm real and I, and that my intentions are good. So I don't have to worry about cancel culture. But there are a lot of people who are just saying things just to be, they just want to push the envelope. They just want to say mean shit. They want to get away with their racism. They want to get away with the stuff that they do. Yeah. And I think they should. And I just think that, that those consequences that they face are just as appropriate as what they say. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time. I don't want to take advantage of the opportunity that you've given me. Um, I think that your comedy speaks for itself. I think the fact that you took the time to do this with my, uh, with my um, very rookie, you know, I made some mistakes tonight and, and we're recording this, uh, not fancy. I see everything that you do with other people, but the fact that you still, like you didn't write me off and uh, the fact that I, sh I took a shot in the dart, I sent you an email and you said, and you just replied, I'll do it. And then you didn't write me off. And even after I showed up initially tonight, and you still made time for me. I actually think that says a lot, not just about you as a person, as a woman. It actually um, describes a lot about uh, your comedy as well. So I appreciate Thank it. You. Um, thank you so much. What do you have going on? Um, what's, what's going, you know, the last thing that I was hoping to ask you is like, how do you deal with, okay, you're blowing up right now, right? Like, either Rodriguez, everybody wants to have you on the podcast, you're traveling the country, you're, you're on all the shows, you just came out on Netflix with Tiffany Addis. Everybody, but this can only last so long. The same jokes. And that's why I think comedy is 
so hard. Like I used to pretend to be a poet, right? I released an album. It's like a musician, the same songs, right? I'm not sure, Alexis, how old you are, but like I'm from, you know, I was born in 81. I grew up, you know, in the days of hip hop. But those songs I still jam to today. But if I listen to the same comedy, it still makes me laugh, but it doesn't quite do it. How do you deal with that? Um, well, you know, and, and what do we have to look forward to? Because, because, like you said, everyone's seen they ready, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the jokes now. How do you deal with that going forward? Because you're funny as fuck. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Well, thank you. Uh, first of all, um, they ready was half an hour of an hour that I was preparing to do and um, Tiffany called me with the opportunity so I just took uh, 26 minutes of the hour that I was working on and I gave it to Netflix where I still had another 30 something minutes that is still hasn't been on television Um, and I started working on my hour before I shot Day Ready because Mm -hmm. I was preparing for an hour Um, So that's gone, you know, to me, that's done. What I did on Netflix is done. What I did on HBO is done. Showtime, Kevin Hart's, Nickelodeon, Last Comic Standing. Those jokes are all gone. So uh, what I'm I'm working on now is my solid hour of material that I want to put out somewhere in the future, like in the next two years. I don't believe in putting out stand-up specials just for the sake of putting out stand-up specials. There's a lot of mediocre shit out there. Um, and then I'm working on some television stuff and building my production company um, to make movies and do television shows. Cool. I'm a writer, I'm a producer. So it's not just about um, the stand-up for me. I'm an actress, I'm working on my TV show right now. So it's just about creating more properties and more content and creating more opportunities for other people and evolving as a, ta- you know, as a talent, like not just I don't want to just do stand-up, but I do want to do stand-up forever. So in closing, uh, you said what you can do for other people. So what I would ask you is, I heard you on several interviews, um, how you and uh, Tiffany Haddish made a deal on Last Comic Standing. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. After Last Comic Standing. After that, that if one of you blew, you'd reach back, you'd throw the rope back, you know, and, and she did that. She got you on, you know, and, and look, you're making the best of it. You're funny as fuck. You're killing it, right? So now um, what I'm going to ask you is if I could ever get my shit right, right? You know, if I could ever get my uh, microphones or whatever, the fancy shit that he wanted to hear and all that, who would you tell me that I should interview? Who, who, who should I be looking out for? Right now, because Ida's going to make the best of it. It's obvious. There's so many people that um, I think are great comedians and deserve a chance. Uh, Antoine Young is a great comic. He opens for me. I take him on the road. Um, Gabriel Del Orbo is going to, he opens for me sometimes as well. I think he's also funny. He's Dominican. You barely ever see any Dominicans. Um, There are uh, Vanessa Graddick. Um, Courtney Shoreman. There are a lot of different comedians that are out there who deserve a shot and deserve to be heard and deserve to be seen. So uh, I got a long... We, me, Tiffany, we always talk about it. We have a long list of people who deserve yeah. a shot. 
Well, listen, thank you so much. I, I would, I would uh, abuse my opportunities if I could, and I would talk to you all night. But I know you have another show to get to tonight. And um, I really appreciate you sticking with I me through this. The, the quality is not going to be good because I'm, we're recording this on speakerphone. But at the end of the day, um, people want to hear what you have to say and not, not the quality that it comes out. They want to hear what you have to say. And I think this is going to do well. So thank, thank you. you so much. If there's anything I'm missing, please, uh, right now, they can find you at funnyida.com. Yeah. Funnyida.com. If there's anything else, please Instagram share. Instagram is funnyida and Twitter is funnyida. And on Facebook, it's ida.rodriguez because somebody got my name. Yeah, right on. Well, listen, yeah. uh, thank you so much. Uh, you can check out the website to find her shows. You'll be in Oxnard next week, I think. And... Uh, Anyway, you can check out the website. Look, nowadays, with the internet, we don't got to promote too much shit, right? Either mm -hmm. Rodriguez, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you all for listening to the On Cue podcast. I promise I'm going to do my job to make it better. And uh, the quality will get better, but it's, um, it's clear that the people we have on the show are really making a difference and trying to help out uh, our respective peoples in the community. So thank you so much for listening. I thought, thank you. No, thank you. All right. Appreciate it.